Just authenticity. Say it the way it feels. Okay. Um, so, so thank you very much for starting that out and starting the conversation. My name is Jim Sevier, and this is the Coachable, and this is Investing Yourself. And today I've got somebody with me that uh, we cross paths, definitely crossed our paths like maybe 10 or 11 years ago um, when we first, when my wife and I first got here to South Carolina. So I'm going to let him talk and introduce himself. And for that, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Jim. My name is Joel German, and I am the owner and operator of Fourth Dimension Photography, otherwise known as 4D Photography, for short. And uh, I've been in business for five years doing this. It's been a lifelong passion of mine. And I am so thankful to be able to do it full time and support my family doing it. Look at that. And Look I at that. Am honored to be here this morning with there, jim there it is there's the voice reunited with him <laughs> and uh and get to do my first podcast ever so thank you for having hey, me you're welcome man i i would you know with everything that you do and with everything that's going on i would figure you know you would probably had a podcast in the past no 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 this is wow. so i've thought about it uh it's just not been something that i uh, took on well, I mean, you're doing obviously visuals because yep. you're photography, right? Yep. But, and this is non-visual, ex except for the fact that I should let everybody know that over here to the right-hand side of me <laughs> is, uh, what did you set up? What did I, you set I, up? I set up a time-lapse camera to capture our conversation. Obviously, we'll have the, the audio here, and that's the most important part. But, so I, I figured to have that as a video, people may or may not want to watch that. But I figured it'd be fun to do a time lapse, and we can clip out uh, little bits of pieces of the time lapse. Oh, very cool! And use it to kind of show people. So when we have to like here. when it starts raining, we have to run inside. Yeah, that'll be incorporated <laughs> into it. And Great. That'll be the snapshot. Great. Upload to Instagram. Great. See, I have a face for radio, right? Yes. <laughs> so like, I don't need I don't need to be on video too much. Um, but thank you for for setting up and. Oh, of course. This is kind of cool. I'm actually kind of excited to see how that turns out. Yeah. So, so tell me, right, so the, this podcast, the, the whole reason why I started this thing up was to help businesses here in the upstate just promote themselves, right? And not a lot of people have the ability just to sit down and record podcasts. Secondarily, not a lot of them have people that can interview them because podcasts work better when there's a conversation going yes. on. And so I've done a myriad of recordings over the last 10 or 12 years in my business I had a podcast and I would bring people on to it. And it just kind of occurred to me that once we got into this whole pandemic, you know, sequestered and home and all that stuff, that a lot of people had some time if they wanted to, to sit down. We, by the way, you'll, you'll know from the video that we're apart from each other. I've got masks there. Yeah. <laughs> I provided everything. <laughs> it's up to you to grab it. Right. Um, but we're, you know, we're, I think we can still do business socially acceptably by uh, but still being together face to face and still having a dialogue so that's kind of why i started agree. it but i really want the the message that you deliver today i want you to be in control of it i'm going to give you the embed codes i'll have it embedded at anchor fm which is where i'm putting these things it, it produces itself on uh okay. on itunes um so so yeah, this is this is really to help promote what it is that you do, and we're going to talk about why you do what you do because that's the other thing from coaching. That's one of the things that people they will tell you what it is they do. I do this, mm -hmm. I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and at the end of the day, I do that. Yep. Not at all relevant or engaging to an audience who wants to really know why you yes. do that. So let's start talking about that. What did you do before? four-dimension photography what did you do before that so I did a couple different things uh, prior to that one was the restaurant industry and that's how that's how that's how we cross paths mm -hmm. uh, and what I thoroughly enjoyed about that is the the hospitality aspect the whining and dining yeah. giving giving people an experience that was memorable. I didn't like working at restaurants where it was just turntable, 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 like get people in and out. I enjoyed serving at places where I knew you were going to be there for a minimum of an 
hour. Yeah. And I knew that I was going to take you on a full adventure through at least three courses, a bottle of wine, maybe some coffee and dessert at the end. Yeah. And I could either leave you to talk with your company or I could be your host and entertainer. And I enjoyed just the variety in that. And what I picked up from doing that is the ability to uh, interact with people from all over the world, learn different cultures, learn different ways of doing things. And I can remember so many different tables that wanted different things and had expectations that were this way or that way. And then I would come out of left field and shock them. And I remember one guy specifically, uh, he, he brought in uh, a group of 10 people, and he was an older guy. Everybody was over over 50 years old. Like they, You could tell that they were all out, and they were used to having a good time and spending a lot of money and, and diving into a fine experience. And they were also used to servers not knowing the menu and having <laughs> to go check with the kitchen about stuff. So he had two different people in his party both ask a question about one question was about a special and one question was about a, a menu item and I had answers lickety split to both questions and he goes man look at you on a roll I got a question for you <laughs> but you don't know the answer to and I said yes sir and he says what is the fastest animal alive and I said <laughs> you know sir I love that you asked that question. And he goes, all right, guys, look at this guy. He is over here trying to play it off like he already knows, but really he's just trying to buy time while he thinks about the answer because he doesn't really know. I said, no, sir, I'm laughing because you think that you know the answer and you don't. And he looked at me like I had four heads, and I said, you're thinking cheetah, aren't you? And he said, yeah, everybody knows, and he turns to his audience, everybody knows that that's the fastest animal alive. And I said, on land? But the <laughs> fastest animal alive is actually the peregrine falcon, when diving for its prey, achieves speeds of over 100 miles an hour. The cheetah tops out at 80, 85 max. And I said, and if we want to go to the water, the sailfish is the fastest animal. So you tell me, where do you want to stay? And he goes, all right, all right. This guy knows his stuff. And he hands me his menu. He said, you're picking out my entree, my dessert, my wine, everything. I tell you I want something, you pick it out because you already know. All right, you just said, you just, and I couldn't stop you because you, that, honestly, you should write a book about just that. Just take that. We got it now recorded. Just give it to, give it to a ghostwriter and yeah. say, write, write 500 pages on yeah. this. Because you topped, you, you just touched on three of the most important things when you're starting out as an entrepreneur one always know your client always know what it is they want and and how it is best delivered to them always know that Two, always know the venue always know your services what mm -hmm. you offer their value um where it doesn't fit that, mm -hmm. that's like that's like that's like really 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 two big things and the third have fun know that what you're doing you could tell you were having fun just just yep. just talking about that story yep. so if you enjoy what you do if you if you know your audience and you know what you offer you can deliver an extraordinary service you also kind of hinted on something that i do want to talk about maybe we'll put a pin in and come back to it okay. but the the idea of delivering experience over how do i want to say that you know you I can deliver you what it is you ask for. Mm -hmm. You know, I want eggs, right? Here's your eggs. Enjoy, right? Or I can say, well, we can, I can take those eggs and poach it and then put something else on it like a hollandaise and then I can do a piece of sliced ham and maybe maybe you make that ham from Spain and, and, and create an entirely different experience than just here's your eggs, yep. right? That that differentiation, that ability, it sounds very much like you're translating that into four-dimensional photography, right? Very much so. All yes. right. So I know you were going there. I hope you were going there because yes. that's where I'm going now. Yes. And so so talk about that, right? If you know, we just Laura and I just had our um, wedding anniversary, 25th wedding anniversary. We had it on Sunday, and 
we had somebody come in, take pictures, and we had, and, and I'm sorry, but he was, he's a very close friend of ours. He's part of our group. He takes, he has a photography business on the side, so I grabbed him. Um, and I just realized I'm talking to a really, really good photographer who took some really great pictures of my talking over food event. And I'm really sorry about that, but he's no a, he's a friend of mine. Um, so, but his idea of photography, and I've also met with Brian Knox, who's another photographer, uh-huh. and we, I've been able to see now three different photographers with three different eyes, three different vi- views and vision of the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, that I find extraordinarily fascinating about photography is that it's almost like musicians, right? There are thousands and thousands of musicians, and although they may have the same or similar genre, they all have something unique that makes them who they are, right? So talk about that. Talk about that thing or those things that make you unique, and then we'll go back to you know why you got here and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, but before you do that, turn the mic and get closer to it. You can, it's going to make a little noise, so it's just the way it is. There we go. Perfect. So I'm glad that you asked that question because very often I get asked, what does fourth dimension photography stand for? Like, where did you come up with that name? Because most people, uh, like the photographer who used his name, just incorporates their name. Right. So it'd be like Joel German Photography. Right. But I, when I started doing this professionally, I didn't want this to be associated with my name in that way. I, there's more complexity to it. And as I was brainstorming the whole operation, I went through and jotted down a variety of names. And it's actually really funny how I came to do this professionally because it was a long time hobby and I've always had fun with cameras. I've always been intrigued by cameras and the, the idea of capturing a moment in time. And when coming up with doing this professionally, I was challenged by a couple people. And two of the people are actually psychologists, and uh, or a psychologist and a therapist. <laughs> and they brought up this idea of operating in the fourth dimension. And that parallels with how I take on photography. And what I mean by that is that most people, they can go through life, um, they can exist. A lot of people um, go beyond that and they live with some purpose. Uh, Some people go even further than that, but not a lot of people, we all have this ability by the way, but not a lot of people take the time to actually tap into it. And that is Mm. to see beyond the surface level, the mask Mm -hmm. that people put on to present to the world, to see beyond that and to recognize all the past, all the stories and everything going on behind the mask that people present to the world. Mm. And so that's that fourth dimension that you're talking about? That's that fourth dimension. And what I love Sometimes that's hard to put into words. Sometimes it's just best uh, demonstrated in a photo. Right. And so I had numerous people say, wow, like that photo doesn't need a caption. I can already tell, like, Hmm. I can already tell that that person is pondering something very. All right. So the best example of this would be one time I was doing a photo shoot with a young lady and, you know, modeling doing this and turning this way and then all of a sudden I stop talking and I keep snapping the photos and I let her do her thing and then she looks out the window and I snap noticed immediately I snap the photo and I go what were you just thinking about and she automatically zones right back in and I was like what do you mean I was like look at this photo like I can see <laughs> what's going on in your head right here and she was like oh my goodness and just like blushed and I was just like like that kind of approach to photography is what I love and mainly because my biggest passion in life is actually not photography it's actually people yeah 
Well, and if you're in hospitality, definitely yeah, you better you better that, be. What I picked up uh, in restaurant industry, in sales, in bartending, and all of the jobs that I've had along the way, it's all transferable into whatever I end up doing. And I noticed that the baseline is always people. Mm. And seeing people for who they are, trying to seek to understand them, uh, carrying no judgment into conversations. Wow. And just trying to get them to open up and be uh, vulnerable to a point of me being able to serve them the best that I can in whatever that way that looks like. So. so I can actually think back to a number of different photos that have been taken of both myself and my wife together. One of the ones that was taken so far was one that we were having a moment that we thought our pictures weren't being taken. And we sort of lean in. Uh, I, you know, we've, we've been together for 28 years, so you, you kind of can communicate with your eyes when you're married that long. Right. We didn't have to say anything. All I had to do is give her a look. All she had to do is return it with her look. And it just so happened that the photographer was right over my shoulder, did not even know it. He captured it. And of all the photos that I eventually will see from him as to what he did and how he did it, I can already tell you because he keeps, flipped it over to me and he goes he goes I think I got a good one (laughs) and you know it immediately because I looked at the picture and I she blushed I I have this like chill that happens you know you just kind of get chilled and you get the you're like oh my goodness that is definitely Laura and I right there that's our love I mean that's because I mean you can get pictures where you're kissing and where you're holding each other's hands and all that kind of stuff but it's when you see somebody's eyes and they see yours and then somebody gets in the middle of that and puts it yes. into print it's the, pretty the, crazy the camera should be an extension of the photographer's own line of sight and just as you and i can look at a person or a situation and kind of tell if they're like being authentic if they're yeah. being reserved if they're shy excited like if we can look at somebody and tell what's going on with them we can decipher that our, our brains are amazing so the camera needs to be an extension of that to capture that moment right and when that happens then you're capturing magic well, that's what i love about okay so you said something else again that's it, that's really really pertinent and very relevant to today and to business and to be, and owning and operating and being an entrepreneur in whatever business that you have is that you can't you can't fake authenticity because your eyes and your body language, your face, your body language, those right. little micro expressions, all the, the, the things that make us who we are, the brain has the ability to process that just in a no fraction second. of an instant. Yes. And then you make these, these snap judgments. I was just reading an article on how long it takes people to get comfortable with people. And it's, it's not even hardly a second where you can walk up to somebody and your brain is already processing that processing that in your subconscious and you walk up and you have this you feel at ease right yes. you can't fake that that's if you can wow i i have no idea what kind of person you are if you could fake that but you can't because the brain is such a powerful tool right yes an individual can attempt to fake that but yeah. eventually uh, whoever they're trying to do that with if you're there long enough you're gonna figure out exactly yeah and so first impressions are made within the first eight seconds of interaction and people uh usually like the brain is very comprehensive on what's going on and picking up what's going on signals yes it's very well that's interesting that you're taking that and you're translating that into the photography i think that that's i think that's extraordinary but as a business i think people need to realize that being your authentic self is probably the best thing that you can do ever not only in your professional life but in your personal life just be your authentic self whatever that is not everyone's going to like your authentic self not everybody is going to be accepting of that that's their problem that's not yours if you're your authentic self you will find a group of people that are like you or that have similar traits with you or appreciate what you deliver and they will be part of of your inner circle, your social rings, whatever you want to call it. You're exactly right about that. Like wow. the always be authentic is very important. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of uh, that 
not everyone in the world is meant to be our friend and not everybody like in a business not everybody is meant to be our client yeah uh there's i i was once told this by a manager of mine he said you know it's my job to make sure that the 30 percent of people that don't like us continue not to like us and i looked at him and i said what and he said yeah one of my managers told me when i was younger that there are 70 percent of the crowd they love us yeah and then there's 30 percent of the crowd they don't love us yeah. and if i spend all my energy and effort trying to get that 30 percent to like and love us i'm neglecting the 70 percent who already like us and then they don't are, like us anymore because like, we're not paying attention 30 percent the best thing i can oh do is just focus on the 70 percent and we might grab a few from the 30. there's a there's a lot of wisdom there in business yeah. right there yep. right wow um yeah the military has a 70 percent rule everybody has that that you know yep. if you're gonna go to war just be 70 percent ready you know yep. and and but when we're so how does that translate to your business like today? So that Let's translates to, so I do, I actually do headshots and commercial photography and videography. So. Oh, you, by the way, I do need new headshots. You will be awesome. You will be doing them. Awesome. So I need new ones. Well, so it's like when you talk about uh, the coachable event right. that you did and you had two photographers there, myself and then Brian. Yeah. And everybody's going to take a different approach. And Brian was capturing the entire event from one angle. And then he came over and he goes, hey, check this shot out. I was like, oh, I like that. But you might consider the mood that Jim has set here. And you might want to show that in your photo. So you might want to, instead of it, like he set a nice warm ambiance. He got the blue lights over yeah. the dinner dishes to show the, uh, the real colors and right. the food. Right. So that it's not, you know, blown out by the warm lights right so you're gonna want to show that in your photo to to give off the authentic feel and you want your viewers to, to understand what you're experiencing and he goes i didn't even think about that and so <laughs> then he changed the settings and his photos just looked all the better after that and uh he's a great photographer yeah, yeah. but there are so many photographers and i feel like the market's constantly being flooded with photographers and so i i say all that to say that for me, if I'm talking to a potential client and their bottom line is I'm focused on price, yeah, then I'm going to say, well, <laughs> let me refer you to so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so right. because they'll give you a great product at a great price. But me, I'm not focused on price. My, my clientele is I'm not trying to run at the bottom of the barrel. I didn't just start doing this. I'm not delivering like photos right out of the camera i'm spending time editing them i'm spending time bringing out the exact photo that is going to convey yeah. what needs to be conveyed and for headshots specifically i want to bring out your personality in the photo i want to i don't want to just give you a headshot i want to bring you to life and capture you being authentically yourself and then snap a picture of that to then give to you to then present to the world so that anybody seeing it goes man look at jim he's just like yeah, he's this yeah. warm welcoming guy he doesn't look stiff like, well you know it's interesting a lot of headshots yeah. like, they, they, they yeah. look stiff and posed yeah. Yeah. and yeah. i yeah. can't stand that so um yeah i want to i want to go back to something you were just talking about um so your experience in dining wasn't you know, moving tables, right? Moving people through tables and, you know, just going through that cycle. You wanted that each person or each group of people that come in there have that unique experience that they were looking for to get away from just, you know, here's your grub, finish up, yep. you know, there's the door, right? And that is what you translate into the photography that you deliver. And yes. by the way, uh, that example of, you know, I can give you eggs and that plate of eggs is $2.98. If I do all the rest of the stuff, poach it hollandaise, put some Spanish ham in there, do all that kind of stuff, um, and I put the effort in making it an experience, that egg isn't two dollars and ninety-eight cents anymore. That egg is Bingo. that egg is seven dollars. That egg is ten dollars. That egg could be twenty dollars. In fact, that ham alone could make it a twenty-five dollar if I get like the most 
amazing, most unique ham that's out there in the world, right? Yes. Um, you'll have a better experience, but if you came in with $2.98 in your pocket, that is not. Yeah, go down to Hardee's. They yep. make yep. a great bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But if you want that, that uh, curated experience where all the tender love and care has gone into the exact preparation of there you that go. egg. You said it right sure there. That when your taste buds hit it, they're experiencing something they haven't experienced before. And they're going, oh, wow, I'm so glad that I came here. And you're not in a rush to scarf it down. You're not no. on the go. You are sitting there and you are enjoying yeah, savoring. the art. You are savoring every bite. Wow. And you know what? Again, great idea for business in general, yeah. not just photography, not just food service, not just you're anything. Exactly right. uh, one of the things, you know, there's about a thousand, if there's a thousand photographers within, you know, a hundred miles of here, there's a thousand coaches as well, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have our own way of doing things. But again, I'm not here to, I'm not here to be that coach that is going to charge you by the hour and put you down to two or three hours and whatever. We're going to have a, we'll probably talk for four hours before I actually, before <laughs> I even think about whether or not I even want to work with you. Um, and it's that kind of thing, that kind of approach that pulls out a different, um, result the end result is better the end result is more um, I definitely want you to do my headshot because the best headshot of me was uh, at so I, I I have a group that I belong to cigar therapy we meet every week we have cigars we have bourbons we talk it's a it's a business networking group yes um, but I was sitting back outside and having a cigar and just truly enjoying the conversation and you can tell by that picture it's not what you would call a traditional headshot right. i'm leaning back i've got a cigar i'm blowing some smoke and there's smoke all around me everybody when i post that picture when i put that one up everybody's like boom 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 boom, boom, boom. that is like the best picture i've ever seen of you um i did a ted talk tedx talk and i had a pic a fo photo done of me there and it's just like yeah yeah another photo right yeah. It's just like, so, yeah, we're going to have to talk because I truly believe in that and I really want that. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine anybody who wouldn't want that. Right. And that's, <laughs> I try to bring out uh, personality. So I, I have people ask, you know, oh, should I like wear a suit and tie? I say, well, is that you? Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I never wear a tie. I hate yeah. ties. Then don't wear one. Yeah. Uh, I've got my, my Bobby Axelrod. Yeah, and that's just know, talking about hoodie. The, yeah, and that's just talking about the uh, the clothing. But yeah. then once you get the person in front of the lens, I've had, <laughs> I'm thinking of one guy specifically who, he's an engineer, he like an loves to analyze everything. So I knew beforehand that he was going to be analyzing the entire process. Which sure enough, as soon as he gets there, he starts with, so like, am I, and and uh, and uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, just relax. But what he, <laughs> I knew that outside of what he does, I knew what one of his uh, passions and hobbies is. Yeah. And so I pulled up a video of someone doing that and uh, put the Bluetooth speaker behind him. He had no idea. I said, oh, hold on. And I just had it set up to hit play. And as soon as the sound started coming out of the Bluetooth speaker, his entire personality changed. It was like a light uh, switch wow. in him. And he went from being stiff and rigid to all calm and relaxed and like smiling. He's like, <laughs> what? No way. And that's when I started snapping the photos. And he goes, okay, that was, that was genius because I was sitting here having an anxiety attack thinking <laughs> I've got to get my headshot done. And then you did that and it all disappeared and I forgot where I was for a minute. There it is. Forgetting where you are. <laughs> yep. And I said, yeah, and look at the photo that came out of it. He goes, I love it. <laughs> now, how long have you been four-dimension photography? How long Since is that? 2015. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you're past, the, you're past that point of no return, right? Usually in an entrepreneur's journey, if you can get past the third year, you're, you're, it, it takes a lot for you not to be what you wanted to be because once you've gotten mm -hmm. past those first three years of the ups and downs and making all the mistakes that you make as an entrepreneur and if you can still have a client base and still have a business moving forward 
it rarely, unless some real catastrophic thing happens to you, it really is your life. I, I did that. I made the move probably close to 15 years ago to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I tried once to go back into corporate world. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. It was the worst. And it wasn't that I didn't come with the right expectations. I, I was trying to bring my entrepreneurship into a corporate environment, and the two don't. They don't match. It's no, one's processed, one's match. creative, and one's and one's process driven, right? So it's yes. like, um, but yeah. Uh, so congratulations on that. Um, so, you know, we just went through some and have been and is still going through a very big, uh, social, crazy environment. And he's and Joel's coming over there to take a look at his uh, his setup. Turning it on, turning it off. Doing I work. had, uh, yeah, somebody called, and so. Oh, okay. Oh, because so. you have your your yeah. your iWatch or whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, so. Where was I? Well, you were talking about the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah, the pandemic, the yep. the, the unmentionable. So, <laughs> how how has that affected your business, and what did, what if any creative things have you been doing to kind of to get around not get around what you have to do but getting around everybody's expectation of what you should be doing so that's a great question because because uh, i imagine you do things in person i do a lot of things in person and it hit me hard uh the beginning of march i had stuff lined up for all of march april all the way into may and then this thing called covid19 happened uh, and yeah. the only effects that i've felt from it is that everybody went into a panic and all the events that I was supposed to shoot got shut down. All of the headshots that I had scheduled wanted to cancel or postpone until the world reopened. And all the, like, all the businesses were shutting down. So there, I had one commercial client who he's not open to the public. And so he's the only guy that I've been able to retain as far as photography goes everybody else is like can we reschedule for like july can we reschedule for june and so like getting back into june i'm starting to pick people back up but the biggest thing that i told myself when all this happened was i have to remain open and optimistic to new opportunity there I is cannot let myself get swept off my feet going well what am i going to do i cannot let panic overtake yeah. me yeah and i actually went into a meeting uh that day that like the day after all the the world was starting to hunker down and two of the guys in the group are also entrepreneurs and business owners and they had this panic on their face and they're like what are we going to do you know we're responsible for all these people all these things mm. and I sat down and I said, how's it going this morning, guys? They're like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna have to like shut down forever or like, I don't. and I said, guys, that kind of talk will cause you to shut down forever. You have to be open to new possibilities. You have to adapt to the times. Yeah. You have to evolve the way that you do business to stay alive and to thrive. And I don't know what that looks like for each one of us at this very moment, but we have to remain open to that. And no sooner do I say that, but somebody I know walks by behind me and says, hey, hold on one second. And I get up, he's also a business owner. And I get up and I say, hey man, how's it going? How's life going? You know, I haven't seen you in a couple months. And he turns around and it's like, he looked at me like I just offered him a winning lottery ticket. He looks at me and he goes, Oh my goodness, I am so glad that I ran into you <laughs> because I was just thinking this morning that I need to, I'm scared that I'm gonna have to sh shut my doors. I need to start taking all my stuff online and I need photo and video, like mainly video, like right now. <laughs> and I said, awesome, when do you wanna meet? He goes, can you come by later today? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, definitely. You just tell me what time, I'll stop by your office. And, uh, and then, he uh, he and I have been working together uh, since. So I picked up, I've picked up new video clients. Uh, okay. This. Yeah. I've gotten other, I've had other uh, clients come along since then. But I went and sat back down to the table and I said, "You see that, guys? I actually you don't know, but I just picked up a client just because I was open and 
when I went up to him, I didn't say, hey, man, how's life going? I need to work for you. Can I have your business? I approached him and I said, hey, man, I'm, I know what you do. How's business going? I, you know, with everything going on, how yeah. are you? How, how you are doing? You feeling? Yeah, how you doing? And just approaching with that authentic question of care. Yeah. And that opened up the platform for him to go, actually, like, I can, I can use you. Like, let's, let's work together. And, and again, there's, there's so many examples that I can give throughout years and years in business where just being at the right place at the right time and you think, well, I was, you were just, it was just lucky. No, luck favors the prepared, right? Yes. And if you're in a situation, you do not know how many opportunities pass you by if you're not looking for them. Yeah, right. so the crossroads between uh, luck is actually the crossroads between opportunity and preparation. Preparation. So if I had not started doing video two years ago, right? Had I not started progressing that, and had I not said in uh, beginning of 2019, hey, you know what? I got a pretty good handle on photography. I want to learn and grow. Like, let's take on video. That sounds daunting and the whole idea of editing videos sounds like an impossible thing but let's take it on let's make it happen let's learn and so i started doing that and i picked up my first uh uh professional uh client and gig six months later and then more from that and so then when i met him he's like dude like i know what you do i like what you do let's work together wow so preparation that's, that's, and opportunity. i like that i like that 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 crossroad Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, because it's it's a matter of understanding. Again, knowing what you can do and feel comfortable about it. But in this this day and age, right now, you also have to be very um, empathetic, and yes. you've got to you've got to like cast a wide net of emotion out there so that you can figure out. And I mean, you're really here to help. I mean, that's part of what you're that's doing. The I mean, line. yes, you're you're a creative. You like the creative aspect of what you do and you're really looking for that piece but you realize that that has to matter to somebody in a way that's going to improve what they're doing right and right. that whole equation a big part of that is having the empathy to understand what people are going through so i am so glad that you brought that up because in the first year that i did photography i did a lot of uh, weddings a lot of senior photos a lot of family portraits and while uh, those are great and all, and I am definitely appreciative of those opportunities. I learned a lot, and probably the biggest lesson that I learned in that is that for me, loving people and uh, caring and wanting to impact people, I found that taking someone's senior photo, or it's going to hang on a wall and it's like it's going to be a memory, right? Wasn't very satisfying for me. Uh. It wasn't fulfilling. However when I meet you and you say, you know what, I need a new headshot because with a new headshot, I'm gonna be able to employ that on my website, on my business cards, on my social media, and it's going to allow me to connect with more people and it's going to allow me to grow my business or my passion project or whatever you're working on. That fulfills me because I am helping you further what you're doing. Yeah. And so that's why I like commercial photography when I'm talking to a business owner, I say, how can I help you? Like, what, where are you wanting to grow? And if I can't help you, that's fine. Let me refer you to somebody who can. Right. Uh, but the, the overall or the, the underlying approach that I like to take is how can I help you as an individual or you as a business right. grow? Well, I mean, I, that's, I think, the spark that all entrepreneurs share. If there is yes. a spark... Yes. that starts the journey the biggest spark is can i take what i love to and do use to and use it to help somebody else you know engage an audience or or expand their their earnings potential or whatever it is right mm-hmm. um that to me is is that making that jump because you can be an artist to be an artist and not ever sell anything to anybody and you can right. still be an artist yes. and do that, right? Um, but then, from an entrepreneur's perspective, or let's just say, if I'm an artist and I'm and I want to and I'm being commissioned to paint something for you, now, 
I have to understand what it is you're looking for. I have to understand yes. what drives you because I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for you, right? Yes. So, so I, 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 to a degree, I'm a creative. I'm not as focused on a on a single thing. I like creativity in everything I do. In fact, yes. even when I'm even when I'm doing a technical discussion on tech on a very on some part of technology <laughs> in today's world, I like having creative thoughts involved in that i don't like it just being you know it's this and this plus this equals that i don't like that's just that logical brain is good but that's not the way i like to work mm -hmm. uh, but having that ability to take that creative aspect and apply it to somebody else's world that's what i think drives it and i've heard a lot of artists say you know when they come in and somebody says well, what is this what does this peace of mind speak to what what do you think of when you they're looking to see if there's an emotional connection beyond just I want your painting because you're the artist, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And and when you do that, in fact, I was just having a conversation yesterday with another creative. She's she's the the lady that actually designed our home is actually here. She came out here for our wedding for our anniversary. So you had mentioned in our conversation <laughs> at the networking event for Matt that you know Jim's house is so beautiful. Well, that lady's right up there, and we were having that discussion where. She was talking to an artist who could sell his products for like seven thousand, eight thousand dollars, and he was just talking with her. And he goes, "You like that picture? Why do you like it? Because mm -hmm. it was not one of his quote-unquote best works it, in in other people's eyes." And she goes, "Well, this speaks to me because of this, 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 and this." It and and it he goes, "It's yours, and it's yours for five hundred dollars." And he wanted her to have it. He knew yes. she couldn't afford a seventy-eight hundred dollar painting. Yes. And, and that's what we want. That's what people that are in our types of positions where we've got some creative element. Yes, we, we have a fee that we can charge that is well worth what it is that we deliver because we put everything into it. Yes. But boy, man, when that somebody really sees the value, it feeds that emotional bank that we have, not just our financial bank. I can go... The, the most unhappy time that I've had in my life, I was being paid the most money. The <laughs> least amount of money I've ever made was one of the happiest times in my life. So there's this whole common balance. Now, I don't like either one of those, sure. but the happy medium is, is that you're making a really good living and making you're comfortable. You can do what you want to do, but you're also being who you are, you know, authentically to others. So, wow. Definitely. Wow. Good. That was that was a. I'm glad you went there with it. I'm glad it got there because that's exactly what makes each of us individuals, right? There's like you said, maybe a hundred photographers like right around here. Everybody's experience of getting to where they've gotten, and what it and why they want to do it, and what they want to get out of it. All of those things are, there's, it's like the brain looking at and figuring out all the micro expressions. Everybody has different reasons why, different reasons, different markets they want to, different markets they want to approach. How they got there, what they were doing before, their childhood, how it affected, what, what yes. you know. Because I There's think you could probably go back into. I mean, you said you always liked photography, yes. but there was probably that moment where you found your first camera and you did something, and it did something to you, right? Yep. I don't know if you, if you can speak to that. I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, do you remember? that moment where you wanted to be a photographer? Do you remember the exact moment? I remember when I was seven years old, uh, seeing, um, seeing people take photos and then seeing the pictures on the walls that came from those and the, the photos in books and just going, you know what? Like, what a fascinating concept. And this was, of course, before cell phones. Yeah. This was before... This was when everything was on 35 millimeter film. film. Yeah. yeah, there was nothing digital. Yeah, and I was just fascinated by that as a kid to go. I can take what I'm looking at and put it on a print and save that moment. That's pretty cool. And so I remember when I was seven asking my parents for a camera for my birthday. Wow. And they were like, "What are you gonna do with a camera?" And I just said. I want to learn to take pictures. And they said, okay. So they, they bought me a disposable camera 
my eighth birthday. That is so awesome. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I still have the photos that I took with it. Oh, wow. Um, but ever since then, any photographer I've met, I've always asked them, hey, like, what kind of camera are you using? Why are you using this? How did you do that? Yeah. Why are you over there taking it from, you know, just yeah. picking their brains? And I, anytime I was at a wedding, I was always asking the, the wedding photographer uh-huh. questions, 21 questions, following them around like a shadow. <laughs> yeah, what kind of camera do you use? Oh, what kind of sensor does it have? How many, fl- why did you use this? <laughs> how, how much did it cost for that camera lens? <laughs> what's the, what's so you're being a total pain. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, most photographers, uh, when, when they have a kid like that who's fascinated and, and curious, they it's, want to help. It's almost yeah. it's fun to help yeah. them. Like I love helping uh, younger uh, yeah. people when when they come up, and or even even Brian. Yeah. Uh, when he first started, not that he just picked up a camera, but what was it, January? Before he started doing this full time, he was like, "Hey man, like I thought I was good, and then I saw this photo, and I I was like, man, all right, I need to talk to this guy and figure out how he did that." And so I remember the first time we sat down to get coffee. Wow. So, Show me how you did. It's, it's, I love that aspect of it. And that's again. Then, then that's that's your natural self. That's your authentic self, yep. right? It's, it's like, oh yes. Yeah, I love this. You love this. Yep. There's, and and there's that. You know, so. I'm only gonna know. What I know. If it was, if I was standing by myself in the middle of the forest, <laughs> I would only know <laughs> that which was around me. Yes. Right. If yes. I if another person comes along and they have knowledge, then now we're two people. I'm giving them the knowledge of where they just came to. They're giving me knowledge of where they came from. Yes. We're both better. Uh, kind of along the lines of what we started about, you know, you're meeting people from different cultures and different parts of the world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you if you really want to really understand what it means to be alive and to have relationships with people, go to a place that is nothing like where we are here in the U.S., in America, yes. right? Because you will learn cultures and, and mannerisms and sayings and, and and that kind of thing. But that, um, and, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I, I no, think... you're not because one of... So I got challenged years and years ago by a guy who I met, and he was like, you know what, man? Like, you're, I can tell you're trying to figure out life, and let me just offer you... Uh, a little bit of an exercise and we go through the exercise and from it I discover that my biggest three passions in life are people photography and travel and they all kind of coincide with one another because as I travel I get to learn cultures I get to meet more people and I get to learn more about life and then I capture it all on my camera and I can share that with the world so the biggest like last night I was actually thinking about this and you know, one thing that I love about my photography is that it's taken me all around the world. I've been all throughout the U.S. I've also been to Australia. Mm. I've been to Colombia. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Haiti twice. I've been over to Europe. Uh, it's taken me all over the world and allowed me to experience different cultures. And... It's exactly what you say. If, if you think, like, it doesn't matter where you're from or, or what you're going through, when you experience other cultures, it broadens your horizon, it, it broadens your view of the world. And then some days when I'm thinking, man, I got a really rough day, I go, oh, nope, this is no, nothing I do not. compared to, like, <laughs> what the people in Haiti are, yeah. what their have to, are. Have to adapt, have to adapt and adapt yeah. to every day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. One of the best, I, I, so I, again, I like being creative no matter what it is I'm doing. If I'm traveling, I like taking, I have a camera and I take the camera with me. Uh-huh. Um, lately I've been kind of relying, re- relying on the technology in the phone, but I used to have, a, I still have a 35 millimeter and I have a digital, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in Israel and I was walking on the decent golf, which is the main street in front of the, uh, all of the beaches in Israel. And there was this old guy playing chess, but there wasn't anybody on the other side of the table. Yeah. And he was thoughtful. It's like somebody either got up and left or he's playing against himself. One yeah. of the two. He he was 90. He was just this guy. And he was just kind of hunched over. And he was just staring at this. I took the picture because it just it, it just spoke to me. It's like yes. this is like 
crazy, right? Um, and then I realized that on that Dizengoff, there was, uh, uh, in Israel, you, you there's mandatory uh, military service. You turn 18, you have to go into the military. You have to do three years or some something. Mm -hmm. Well, there's this couple walking with full military fatigues, with guns, with the whole thing. It's a couple, man and a woman, young, young couple, yeah. and they're holding hands. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this picture. <laughs> yep. So I snapped that picture. I got that picture. I brought it home, and somebody was looking at my pictures that I took, and they said, do you know that's against the law to take a picture of the military? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I was like blowing. My mind was blown. I was just like, oh, this is just like the craziest thing. Um, but, yeah, so uh, nowhere it's, it's, it is – I am passionate about if I see something – I want, I want it captured. Mm -hmm. Something real, something like something authentic. And I've mentioned this before on another podcast. But we were sitting here. I was sitting here with Holly Calloway, and yeah. and a bluebird just went over and sat in one of those trees over there. And I just got totally distracted because whenever something, because we used to get bluebirds here a lot, and then after COVID and after all this stuff happened, a lot of birds are like coming back, like ones we've never seen before, and then mm -hmm. ones we just miss seeing. Uh, and sure enough, he like sits over there, and, and I'm totally lost in thought. And and then Holly, Holly in, in true Holly form, she leans into the to the microphone. Uh, Jim is now staring over his right shoulder too, because I I just totally <laughs> lost. She had to like give the commentary. It was it was totally awesome. I, I still I've said that now twice on these recordings, but it's just that you know you want to be you want to capture the moment you want to be yeah. in the moment. Um, being present, I think, is maybe one of the key. key to what we're talking about here. So if you're not a photographer, if you're not a creative, just being present and authentic, those are two really good things you can always say about yourself. I'm not only authentic, but I'm in the moment. I'm here. I'm with you. A lot of times, you know, we've got music playing in a background and a loop yes. reel in the back of our heads, and we're just, yeah, we're, we're shaking our heads, but we're doing something back here figuring out life's problems or whatever. Yep. Um, let me ask you this as a creative, because um, it's actually come up a couple of times in some of the things, of some of these recordings that I've done. Um, do you ever sleep on an idea? Do you ever like, you, you've, you're trying to figure out what it is you want to do. Do you ever, do you ever like, is, is there a contemplation moment? Do you ever use sleep to figure out ideas? Because I'm finding a theme now between not only, I thought it was something that, I know it wasn't just me, but I, you know, you don't go up to somebody, hey, do you think while you sleep? But do you do you find that? Do you do that? That's a great question. Uh, what I find very helpful for me is actually daily meditations. Ah, okay. So there you go. I actually quiet my mind and I get very still, and I try to uh, focus on pushing out whatever the noise of life uh, tries to pour over my day just knock it out and really focus in on what it is that I might uh, be trying to solve or trying to figure out and, and sometimes it's just completely quieting the mind and letting those things resolve themselves and come or up or come up yeah just right? come up and go oh man yeah I didn't I didn't think about it from that aspect and it's basically washing away all the filters that I would put over the circumstance or the situation and taking on a whole new perspective a, a clean look and that's been very helpful for me when I don't do that then the that's when the bias starts to come in that's when the filters start to wash over well the brain is a very and unique engine if you keep yeah. feeding it the certain fuel well it keeps putting out the same thing well and that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that your brain is actually just a, a highly sophisticated tool and yeah. it does whatever it's told yep and there's a constant balance between the ego fighting to keep your body safe and your mind safe and trying to tell you you know you shouldn't do that you shouldn't get up in the morning you should sleep in you know you should eat you should eat some food you know, <laughs> yeah eat some junk food you know yeah. whatever the yeah you should not go to the gym because that's that's hard work and that's not gonna feel good <laughs> whatever it is and then you've got you or mm. me yeah battling that going no this is what i want to accomplish i will be up to five o'clock in the morning this is what i want to accomplish i will go to the gym or in recent months i will do my workouts at home even though i can't go to a gym doesn't mean that i 
can make the excuse, ah, well, the gym's closed, so I'm not going to work out. <laughs> like, well, there's, and, and that's different for everybody. I'm not saying no, that what's no, true it, for me is true for everybody else. No, but, it's, it, it is a truth. Yes. Whether or not we choose to accept it and choose to adopt it and adapt ourselves to it, that is the choice that we make. But the truth is, uh, if you want to be in the most healthiest position to be in one you got to listen to your body you got to listen to yourself mm -hmm. two you've got to work at it it's not something that just happens because the brain is an amazing tool but you can't just close your eyes and walk through life right that doesn't work um either figuratively or philosophically you can't so making sure that you're present and that you're aware and that you you know where you're going you know the directions you want to take. You were supposed to turn off your phone, Jim, so that it didn't make noises like that in the <laughs> recording. Um, but, yeah, that's. I think those are all key pieces to what it means to be not just, a, not just an entrepreneur, not just a creative, but just being the type of person that is adding value to everything around them. Yes. And I don't mind occasionally taking value. But if I'm not putting back value, if I'm not adding it back in, that's when, to me, the universe gets out of balance and things don't start working out so well for people or, and myself included. Well, so on along the same uh, subject line, I've worked in the corporate world and I've worked for myself and I've done a variety of things in between. And the one thing that is nice about working for corporate is that I get up, I go to work, I do my job, I'm able to, for the most part, come home and leave work at work. Ah, and I think I know where you're going with this. There's a lot of comfort in that, like, you can yep. separate work and the rest of your life, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you've got a lot going on in your own personal life, that's very nice. However, as an entrepreneur, you don't have that luxury. You're like you said. Do you ever sleep on an idea? Yeah, ideas are always rolling around <laughs> in my head, and I, I can't always separate work and the rest of life yeah. as an entrepreneur because everything kind of becomes one. I'm doing what I love to do as a profession. At the same time, I'm doing what I love to do as part of life, and so sometimes I have to quiet my mind I have to be still yeah. and I have to say all right like what let's let's just organize everything pretty quick and so sometimes I do sleep on an idea yeah. and uh, well again Holly Holly Callaway yeah. has I'm sorry I keep dropping her name but oh, she's it's been an influence and sure. she is a she is a dynamic personality but I'll, t I'll tell you this um, when I was interviewing Brian about you know she, she was helping him make that transition in February that he made, right? Right. And from being, you know, what he was doing to doing what he wanted to do. And she called it, you know, are you ready to to have that all-the-time job? Yes. Not that full-time job, the yep. all-the-time job. Because yep. when you do become an entrepreneur, and Brian even, even said it as well, sometimes you have to wake up going, okay, is it Monday? Yeah. Wednesday. Or Sunday. <laughs> well, there is no Sundays, right? right? There are no Saturdays to an entrepreneur, to somebody that is just taking what they do and doing what they want with it and trying to make an impact. Yes, there may be days where there's less work because other people have the day off or they're not working or they have that separation between their work and their personal life. But when you're an entrepreneur, it's almost one and the same, right? You're exactly right. Wow. You're exactly right. I mean, my wife and I are both entrepreneurs. She owns her own business, and we have actually worked out of the house for the last 15 years. Um, both of our businesses have been out of the house for the last 15 years. So COVID and all this stuff, we're like, <laughs> just another day. Yep. I mean, I, I'm like, I do miss go getting up because I like, in my routine, to be around people. I don't necessarily have to interact with you. I just like the movement, like coffee shops. Yes. So, so Barista Alley in Greer is like that's my place. That's where I go. Mm -hmm. I have to do it at least once a week, so I can get this fix of having people around me, lots of people, right? Um, 
And my wife is almost completely the opposite. She likes to just get into her job and just go at it for 12 hours and then she stops. And, and she can, in the entertainment industry, there are, there are beginning and ends, right? There's, it's in, her productions are in Hollywood and they're on the East Coast, but really probably around three o'clock in the afternoon, our time, um, they're really just gearing up <laughs> in Hollywood because that's noon, right? And so she has a little bit of different time frame that she's got to work through, but um, uh, that, that quieting, that sense of calm, um, to me, I get that when I'm out with people and I can just kind of sit, read, maybe even work a little bit. And that's, that's how I get that. I used to try to meditate. It's difficult for me for some reason to create that momentum. Quiet the mind. It, it, it is. I didn't understand it at first either. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough for me. I mean, I could sit there and I, I would find myself sitting there thinking of things and then wanting to write them down because that's how, you know, my, my hand is connected to a pen. My brain is always running. Do you and that's journal? what. Yeah, I do. Daily? Yes, I do. Yeah. I found that to be uh, yeah, immensely helpful as well. Yeah. To bring intentionality into journaling daily. In fact, I've kept my journals, so I can actually go back a few years. Oh, very good. Because that, I find that that's also sort of an understanding of who I am and where I'm going and how far I, I am along in my journey and stuff like that. So. And sometimes but. just putting thoughts on paper creates a lot of clarity around ideas. Yeah. I just I'm I'm looking now at the journal because I wrote something down yesterday. There was something going on, and I was just having a moment because two people on the call mentioned that you know they do live networking events and handshaking has now become a thing of the past and so i wrote down rest in peace hand handshake and so i wrote that article <laughs> i wrote that article on linkedin yesterday yeah and i put down you know just my thoughts it's just like you know here we are rest in peace handshake we're not supposed to be doing this we can't do this but it's been around since the fifth century or fifth Five, 5 BC, the Greeks, as they've actually got glyphs and, and pictures of people shaking hands. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, not really, sh but that's, that's, how, that's how my creative work, my mind works. Mm -hmm. We'll be having a conversation and then I'll go, and then I'll come back and do something with it. So yes, I do journal. And I do recognize the fact that, and if you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to this, um, recognize the fact that that's part of the process of an entrepreneur because the ideas f just flow yes. at, on days. Definitely. There's rarely a day that I have writer's block or creative block as an entrepreneur because your mind just gets in this, I'm going to solve a problem mode, I'm going to solve a problem mode, I'm going to be creative today, I'm going to be creative today. And it just never stops. Definitely. So sometimes I do and have that's one of the things that I love about my job is sitting down with other entrepreneurs and actually coaching them through some of those ideas, especially when someone uh, comes to me with a new business idea. Yeah, yeah. I love sitting down and going, all right, I love what you're doing. Let's talk about this business. Yeah. And then sitting down, figuring out who they are, what they're about, what mission they're on, Right. what their message to the world is and then either one helping them craft that if it's not very clear because right. sometimes that's they've got a general idea but it's not very clear um, but then also after they have that clarity saying all right how can i help you get right. this message out right is that photo is that video do we need headshot do we need to do some uh, promotional videos or do you need product photography? Whatever it is, I, I love the process of sitting down yeah. with those people and working through those ideas and brainstorming and seeing whatever they wrote down on their notepads or their journals and saying, well, it's, all right, let's put this into a plan. It's exactly what you do with your clients, yep. the people that you want to work with. Yep. I mean, it's the same process. Of course it would apply. Yep. Of course it does. Well, thank you very much for today, Joel. I'm looking down, and, and we're over the one-hour mark. I told you it would go fast. Yeah. It's it just like, 
It flies. It's it, very fast. You know, so thank you very much for being here. I really do appreciate your perspective and, and for taking the time to do this. Um, once we, once I finish this thing up, um, we'll talk about headshots because awesome. that I absolutely want that. That's the next thing I want. I'm really not impressed with my headshots right now. So, and I'm starting a new venture. So well, I got another idea. So I'm going out the I, door with I another am one. I'm definitely excited about helping you get a headshot or create a headshot that you're excited about and yeah. that you can employ to. And I'll show you the other one that, that I got that, that, that I'm setting the bar against. How's that? Okay. Awesome. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So again, this is Jim Sevier with the coachable. I am here with Joel German of four dimension photography, fourth, fourth dimension, fourth, yep. fourth dimension photography, or 4d photography or 4d. Yeah. But fourth dimension photography. Thank you very much, Joel. Appreciate this. Thank you for the, uh, time lapse. I guess we'll get to yeah. figure that out. Maybe there'll be an too. added thing to this. Yeah. So thank you very much. And, uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me. You bet.